Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right, great. Welcome, everyone, to this community event here on Zoom webinar, as well as being streamed live over ACB Radio on the live event channel. Uh, as always, if you'd like to learn more about ACB, please visit our website, acb.org. And if you want to see what other community events are coming up, um, just check out the homepage. And there's a list available through the homepage of all the community events, as well as you'd like to learn about other items coming up on ACB Radio, please check out acbradio.org. So our event here this evening that our amazing Zoom host, Nat, um, and our folks on ACB Rodeo are here helping us put on is uh, getting to know Achilles International. So we titled it Learning to Fly with Achilles International. So first we'd like to run through and introduce our guests and then learn a little bit more about Achilles. So again, my name is Clark Rockfall and first Emily, if you could please introduce yourself and your role with Achilles. Sure, my name is Emily Glasser and I am the president and CEO of Achilles International. And Emily, thank you so much for reaching out to ACB and joining us here this evening. I'm thrilled to be here as we all are. That's great. And let's just run through the, the lineup here. So along with Emily, we have uh, Ellie, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ellie Cox Nyhill, and I am the director of U.S. Chapter Development. Great. Thank you, Ellie. And Francesco. Hey, my name is Francesco, and I'm the director of Tri Achilles. And Francesco, your partner in crime here this evening, Zoe. Hi, I'm Zoe Costanzo. I'm Francesco's guide. And I'm not sure if we have Leo, but if Leo Williams is on. So we'll keep working to try to get Leo on. And next we'll move on to Chloe Klein. Hi, I'm Chloe and I am a guide with the New York City chapter. And Chloe, you've guided Leo, correct? Yes. And Gloria Suarez. Hi, I'm Gloria Suarez, and I am the uh, president of the Houston chapter and also an athlete. And Gloria, that's some uh, late breaking news, correct? <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and we also have Juan Sordo. Yes. Hi, uh, my name is Juan Sordo, and I serve as a guide to uh, Gloria, but all our members in the Houston chapter, Houston, Texas chapter as well. All right. And is there anyone that I've missed? I think you got everyone. All right, great. So Emily, tell us a little bit about Achilles. So Achilles International, first, first let me thank ACB and, and Clark and Eric Bridges for inviting us um, to be with everyone this evening. We're really thrilled for this um, upcoming conversation. We know it's gonna be just, uh, you know, a lot of fun and informative. Um, Achilles International is a nonprofit with a global presence. For over three decades, we have been working with people with disabilities, providing athletic programming and social connection um, throughout the world. Over the course of our existence, we've touched over 150,000 lives um, across the globe on an annual basis. We're reaching 15,000 people with disabilities, um, again, providing them athletic programming uh, and a community of support. Uh, many of uh, our representatives you see here today and, and some of these relationships that have been 
fostered in parks and on tracks around the globe. And Emily, how long have you been in your current role with Achilles? I have been in this role for a year, Clark. I replaced, uh, sorry, the the, the founder, Dick Trom, who's a a legend in his own right. (laughs) Yeah. And did you have a relationship with Achilles prior to joining the team? I did. I served as a volunteer um, in the New York City chapter for uh, several months, and I was primarily guiding a young man who um, had autism and was nonverbal. And just share a little bit, what drew you to Achilles initially? Um, Clark, I'd say that, you know, I believe firmly, as I think our organization believes, that athletics uh, trans sends physical abilities, race, religion, socioeconomic status. And I believe that through sports, we are unified, we can create community. um, And all of us have the capacity to achieve and should be enabled and allowed to do so. Um, So what drew me to Achilles is that it's a very inclusive, very positive a very forward-moving, forward-thinking organization as we work to build and strengthen communities um, across the world while fostering a common understanding of the capacity that exists in all of us um, to participate in athletics and, and, and achieve. And Emily, you've mentioned Achilles uh, nationwide as well as global reach. Um, What's the structure of Achilles? How do you all do that? Is it all virtual or all online? No. So, Clark, we have a a network of chapters. In this country, we have 27 chapters uh, in roughly 20 states across the country. Um, These chapters meet on a weekly basis when runners, uh, people with disabilities get together with support guides to train. Generally, our athletes are setting goals to participate in certain races. Uh, And so it's a very high touch in-person program. You know, (laughs) COVID-19 forced us as so many other organizations, yes, (laughs) a little something uh, to pivot. And so we very quickly did. And I'm super proud of our staff, uh, including Francesco on the call today, who, you know, together created some terrific content that you can find on our website, www.achillesinternational.org. Some online workouts and training programs. We just hosted our first virtual race because we want to keep our community uh, active and connected. We know how important it is. Um, so we have we have taken the road online and we're doing an amazing job at it, but we are all eager to come back together um, and meet for workouts and, and races soon. And that's really exciting. And at ACB and our state affiliates and local chapters um, are always looking for ways to be more engaged and more active. So Certainly, we want to encourage folks to investigate whether there's an Achilles chapter in their local area. Um, Is the website the best way to do that, Emily? It is, Clark. 
On the website, you can find our chapter locations. Uh, and if there is not one where you are, please still follow in, uh, our path to become a member of Achilles and we can get you connected to the, the nearest chapter um, or at least just, just reach out to you and engage you in some of our virtual hangouts right now and conversations, but then just make sure you become a part of the family. And again, we have all this content online right now too, for people to keep active and keep training for, um, you know, any kind of upcoming races or goals that they've set for themselves. Awesome. And Emily, either for you to answer, or we could bring Ellie up here as well. Uh, say, say someone doesn't want to race, um, you know, whether it's, they're just not interested in racing, but they do want to be more active. Uh, are there different levels of activity and engagement you can have with Achilles outside of racing? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, Ellie, you, you go yeah. right ahead. That's okay. It's okay. We have walkers, you know, people who like to walk. And, you know, for, for somebody who, um, you know, maybe at first doesn't even know, you know, if they could, could, you know, can ambulate, you know, you, you just take it like one, literally one step at a time. And the, um, the volunteer guides are there to encourage you. And, um, sometimes just going light pole to light pole is a big success. And so, you know, all levels, all levels, all abilities we support. Yeah. That's great. I know a big part of the ACB conference and convention every year is our um, ACB walk. And usually it's whatever city we're hosted in. This year we had to do it virtually, much like you guys are having to do. Um, but a good fundraiser, good way to kick off the week and um, have everyone get the blood and get the juices flowing for a, a week of camarader camaraderie, community, um, learning and advocacy. So we'll certainly need to be Stay in touch with Achilles whenever we can hold in-person conventions again uh, to help get folks connected, not only in that jurisdiction, but connect with Achilles once they're back home as well. So, Emily, thank you so much. Um, I think we'll shift over to our panel here. And because we do have Ellie front and center, um, Ellie, tell me about your journey with Achilles and how you got started getting involved with Achilles. Um, my story is an unusual one. It was a long time ago. Um, I always say 1996, but it might have been 95. Um, it was the first time I was ever um, depressed. I, I, I was going through a divorce. No one in my family had ever divorced. All my friends were telling me, not telling me anything really, but there was a certain, um, it, was, it was a tough time for me. Okay. Um, my ex now ex-husband was a marathoner. So in a last ditch effort to have something in common, I decided that I would try to run and wasn't going well. I wound up at 90th uh, and 5th Avenue and I was feeling rather numb. And there was a lot of people there. And um, now that I think about it, they were, a, you know, an interesting looking bunch, um, people with canes, people with chairs, people, you know, it was the Achilles group. And in Manhattan, you can stand next to a person uh, or in, in a group and nobody thinks anything of it. And then I didn't know what was happening. Um, 
the group went away and I was still standing there and, you know, just standing there. And um, a blind man came, I suppose he was about 25 minutes late for the workout. And the gentleman that was running the workout, who I now know to be Ken Trush, but I didn't know at the time, he just, you know, looked at me, he pointed at me and he said, do you run? And I said a little, and he said, take them for four. And I did, what are you, okay, what? And he was like, you know, the loop, it's a four mile loop, it's a circle. So as he's talking to me, he's taking the guy's backpack off and getting his tether out and taking his cane away and puts the tether, he's like, this is the tether, you go and you come back and then you'll be here again. And I was like, okay. So that was interesting. And in Central Park, um, everyone calls out, to you. Uh, they say, go Achilles. And I thought you had to wave. And that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be mindful of this gentleman that I was guiding. And I ran him into a curb and he kind of stumbled around a bit. And from there on in, I didn't know. I was so apologetic. I was boring him basically. <laughs> and we got to a point where he stopped running and he faced me and he said, did you see my move? And I said, I, yeah, what? And he's like, I stumbled, but I did not fall. You gave me the opportunity to use my move that I learned in jujitsu. So I want to thank you. Now let's run. And that was a very big learning experience for me. Uh, eye opening, shall we say, where um, I, 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 I was no longer depressed. At the end of those four miles, my depression had lifted and I had uh, a story to tell and a place to go every Saturday morning if I wanted to, which I wanted to from there on in. <laughs> so that was my beginning. And then, of course, you know, I, um, you know, came back for as much as I wanted um, but I did not join Achilles as an employee until 2008. So Achilles basically saved me twice. Yeah. Once in 1996 and once in 2008 when I couldn't get a job anymore. <laughs> and what a great learning experience for you to, as a guide and a, a great partnership. Um, Francesco, was your first time running with Achilles as adventurous as Ellie's? Oh, it's totally, I mean, first of all, I'd never heard that story before, Ellie, so that's, that's awesome to hear. <laughs> but um, I found out about Achilles in a, in a grocery store checkout line, and basically I was waiting in line with food, and this guy, total stranger, just walked up to me and started talking, and I thought he was trying to sell me something at first, but it, it turns out that he was just trying to plug this running group in the park. And, you know, a few weeks after that, I showed up and they asked me, oh, how much do you want to run? And, you know, the, the shortest distance I heard people say was four miles. And, you know, before that, the, the furthest I'd run was like chasing the ice cream truck down the block. Right. So I had no idea what four miles was, let alone one mile. But um, I told him, yeah, let's do four miles, you know, whatever pace. And I took off and promptly like died at like 800 meters down. And it was a very long, painful four miles. But that it, we, got, you know, we got it done. That was the first time. <laughs> so you had no history of racing or training prior to joining Achilles? I uh, powerlifted. That was my competitive thing in high school and college. Gotcha. And so now you literally are, the opposite. <laughs> yeah. And now you're a triathlon hopeful for Tokyo, correct? Yeah. Triathlon or cycling. We'll see. Nice. And how are you taking having the, uh, the games 
the Paralympic Games postponed until 2021. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm pretty excited because I'm, as I just said, I'm pretty new at the sport. I'm a, I've only been, you know, racing competitively for like two or three years. So any any year or any extra time that I can get, I think it's a huge advantage over my competitors who've been, you know, training and racing for 10, 20 years. Uh, you know, most of them. So I'll take I'll take any time I can get. <laughs> There you go. And tell us about your role with Achilles, uh, being the director of Tri Achilles. Yeah. So um, I, I joined Tri Achilles as an athlete first, and that's the multi-sport uh, side of Achilles. So not it's it's mainly triathlons, but cycling events as well and duathlons, things like that. Um, and last year, around the time when Emily took on, actually a little before, uh, they were looking for a new Tri team director and I was on the team and wanted to step up a little bit. So I got the job and here we are. That's awesome. And any words of advice that you'd say to anyone uh, thinking about looking into Achilles or other programs uh, to be more physically active? Yeah, honestly, I'd say the biggest thing is just give it a try once because the, the, the thing that held me back the most was I just could not picture myself being active, especially, you know, powerlifting, you're very uh, in a controlled environment, you know, you're not used to entrusting someone with your safety and running, you know, literally blindly without even a cane. Um, so it's very, it's kind of daunting, even if it's not running, it's any sort of athletics, right? So mm -hmm. I would just try it once before you decide to give up on it. You know, don't just, don't just pass because you think you know how it'll be. Just, just try it and see how you like it. And we've got a, a couple guides here, um, Zoe and Chloe. I'm noticing a theme for guides in the New York area. Um, Zoe, what what has it been like for you working with Achilles? Um, thank you for having me. Working with Achilles has been great. I think the theme that everyone keeps coming back to is just how what a community it is. And I came to Achilles looking for a team to join, people to run with. Um, I'd been running and doing triathlon for a lot of my life. And, um, I'm from the West coast. So in New York, I didn't really have anyone that I was running with, but when you're in central park, you always see the neon t-shirts and you always hear about Achilles. So I just thought, Oh, I should give it a try. Um, and so eventually I finally showed up to a practice about a year ago, actually. And, um, from there, I think I was just suckered right in. It was so much fun. It's really hard to describe how welcoming and exciting and, um, what a great community Achilles is. Uh, it's about the sport, but it's also so much about the social connection you make and just the friendship and being able to go out and be empowered and do your thing in Central Park. I think um, I was one mile into a four mile loop and they already had me on Achilles kids and they were talking me into the triathlon team. So it, it was a very, very easy sell. Um, and I don't think I've, I think I've been at everything since. So Share with us a little about the those other programs that you just mentioned. So Achilles got started in running. Um, Francesco talked a little bit about uh, try Achilles, the multi-sport side, and you just mentioned Achilles Kids. Yeah, so Achilles Kids is a program for children under primarily under 18, although there are some who they start in Achilles Kids and then they just kind of grow up in the program and they stay in it and they move into adults. Um, but it offers different types of structured sport for children with disabilities. Um, of all types. We have a lot of kids on the autism spectrum that are in that group right now, but anyone can join. And it's really to encourage um, 
the same as in the adult program, social connection, empowerment through sport, community, and really connecting kids with other kids and with um, people that can mentor them and kind of help them grow and learn through the sport. So they meet in Central Park every two weeks and kind of go through a structured program. And then some of them start to train for races. And right about the time that I just started joining Achilles, one of the guides needed... um, needed someone to take her place in training with one of the kids for his first half marathon. And so I, as I said, I was very easy to say yes to anything and, um, had a ton of fun. And we went through a marathon training plan together. We did all the long runs. And then in central park in December, we went out and ran his first half marathon. It was so much fun. Um, but yeah, I think it's very similar in some ways to the adult program and getting kids out and just providing a place where they can have fun safely, but also, in opening the doors to new things that maybe they wouldn't have had opportunities to try before. And a a broader question for all of our guides here this evening, uh, but we'll start with Zoe and Chloe. Um, How many individuals would you say you have guided and what sort of variations do you use in your technique to best serve the individual? I can go first or go for it. Okay. Um, so I primarily now guide Francesco. Um, but at the beginning I guided a quite a few different athletes. Um, I started, happened to start guiding a blind athlete. And so I sort of stuck with guiding other visually impaired athletes because it's a similar technique and I was comfortable using the tether and I can be quite bossy. So I was very good at, you know, talking about everything that was happening, um, as it went for better, for worse. And so, um, I'd say it very varies from athlete to athlete, just depending on what they like. And then it varies from disability to disability on what sort of, they need to help them reach their goals. So guiding somebody who has, um, a mobility disability might need different types of physical assistance from someone who's visually impaired and you might run on a tether, but the kind of like social connection and, um, the, the friendship is, is the same. It's just sort of building that trust with someone and building a camaraderie and learning what, what they find useful and helpful and what you find useful and helpful. And Chloe, was that similar for you? Yeah. I primarily guided Lyol, except for last year's New York City Marathon, where I guided a Norwegian athlete. Sorry, my bird is making noises in the background. Um, But we used a tether, and just that was what worked best for us. And, yeah, pretty much. And Juan, how about you? Um, I I will agree with both comments. Um, And also just, you know, having a feeling of what, the athlete is all about. I mean, I've guided, um, you know, Gloria, who's in a wheelchair. I've, I've guided, um, you know, individuals who are not able to see. Um, and really, it's just about having that. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to having that connection with that athlete, right? And you have, depending on the on the length of the sports. So I've done five Ks. I've done walks. I've done marathons. So you kind of figure it out as you're going along with um, with the time as well and the athlete because you kind of connect, right? You have this connection that's that's very unique, I guess, to to the um, to the actual run itself. So it's more about just connecting with the athlete um, and and figuring it out from there. Trust me, you'll figure things out because they will tell you and you have time to chat along the way. So um, it's just 
I guess you're learning how to guide someone, but you're also learning about that person. So all, everything kind of just comes in together at the end. So it's a really good experience. And from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of two-way communication that goes on. So it's not just the guide telling the athlete where to go or what to do, but it's also up to the the athlete to relay information about uh, if they have any questions, how they're feeling and, and things like that. So the guide has a better understanding, correct? Yes. That's, that's, at least from my end, yes, it is. And I, I, it's, it's very unique. It's, I, I just love it. So, yes. Yeah. And Gloria, how long have you been involved with Achilles? Um, I joined in February 2018. And actually, the reason why I joined was because of Juan. Uh, he kind of introduced me to uh, Achilles. I had no idea <laughs> Achilles existed. And um, after I suffered my injury, I fell into a really big, deep depression. I gained a lot of weight. I was really depressed. I was just down. Um, and Juan, Juan ventured on into doing all these marathons and um, he even did the MS. I mean, I mean, and the races that I could go, I would be there and I would cheer him on. And one day I told him, you know, I wish one day I could, I could do something like this. And he's like, you know, you can. And I was like, no, I can't. There's no way. Look at me. I'm in a wheelchair. And then he's like, do you see that person over there? That person is blind. Do you see? And then he started mentioning like people with disabilities are able to, to, to do, you know, sports and, and different things. So he got me in contact with um, our Houston chapter. And that's basically how I started. Uh, Bernie was, was the uh, director when I joined and um, she had this way of just, it felt like home. Like I literally looked forward to going to the workouts and I, I was excited. I would get up, get ready. And I'm like, who are you? You're excited to go work out. Like that just wasn't something that, that, that I did. Um, so Bernie really, really made me feel like, like I was part of the family and I just kept going back and back and back. And then, um, I would hear the talks about the five K's and the 10 K's and the marathons. And I, I, I would get intimidated because I was like, there's no way I'm just going to do the workouts and kind of stay back here. And then Stephanie um, pushed me to do my first 5k and I did it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like slowly. I mean, I just started enjoying the, 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 the races and just everything. And then Juan <laughs> last year, he um, got me to do my first marathon and my first marathon was the New York marathon. So I did it. He was my guide. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. And then I came back to Houston and I did the Houston. And then ever since then, you know, before COVID, I've been doing uh, all these races and then now it's virtual. So I signed up for all these races. I mean, I wake up every morning, I go do my workout and it's just a routine. And when I don't, I feel weird you know we just got back from we uh went with my family to the country and i know my family hated me because they were like oh my god is she really gonna make us walk is she really gonna make us you know but it was just i really really enjoy it and achilles has i've lost about 70 pounds um and i've done things it's not just the races i've done i love horses i did horseback riding but i think they're pretty from afar i 
rode a horse. I did kayaking, skydiving. During the summer, we tend to do the, our, our fun activities. Obviously, this summer we weren't able to, but um, hopefully after the whole COVID thing is gone, we'll go back to our regular programs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Achilles has really, really, really just um, changed my whole life. And Gloria, you had your your injury in your mid to late 30s. Um, you're a mother. Yeah. Did you was- have this this drive or motivation um, for exercise and working out prior to your injury? No, 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 no. no. I was 33. Um, and the other thing I love about Achilles is uh, my daughter. She's very involved with uh, anything that I do related to, to Achilles. So it's kind of a the norm for her too. So people see her and, and I mean, she, she knows, I know like for the, the Houston marathon, um, uh, one year we were helping with, with the stuff and she would like tell them, no, that is not how you handle the wheelchair. And it's just because she knows, and she's very cautious. And I, I just think it's, it's wonderful that she enjoys a group just as much as, as I do, but. That's great. And Gloria, it's interesting to hear. Uh, where you were in your life when you found Achilles and uh, listening to Francesco talk about he's always been fit and active, but has transitioned from powerlifting and weightlifting to uh, running and triathlon, more of an endurance focus. Uh, Chloe, can you share with us a little bit about uh, Leo, who hasn't been able to join us yet, but who you have run with? Because Leo has a little bit of a different background, even from Francesco and Gloria. Isn't that right? Well, I I mean, he for me, he didn't go up into his background too much. Just that I knew that he told me he had done around 50 marathons when I met him and that he loved to do triathlon. Like he gave me one of the Achilles triathlon shirts once <laughs> because I, I said like the T-shirt was a little hot. Um, but um, he um, he would go on like skiing trips and. He has a dog named Hermie, and he would take him everywhere. Even though Hermie didn't really listen, he would pull him across the street. Um, but when we were running together, we would, like, make goals. So, like, we would hit, like, certain, like, hill. Like, he knew he knows where everything is in Central Park. So, like, he would say, oh, the bathroom's coming up on your left. And I didn't even know that, that the bathroom was there. So, like, we would make goals to those. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that familiar with Central Park when I started with Achilles, but he taught me, like, everything about it. And um, so we would just make goals and then we would take walking breaks. We would he started to do a five minute run, one minute walk. But um, I just knew that he liked to also go skiing. Yeah. And Francesco, how has the transition been for you to these virtual workouts? Yeah, it's been really interesting because so I'm I'm on the team that uh, records a lot of these a lot of the virtual workouts that we produce, and so you know pivoting from you know I'm seeing these people multiple times a week to all of a sudden not seeing anyone and putting out all these virtual content. Honestly, it was cool because it it got me to evaluate my own coaching and teaching because you know our workouts obviously need to be accessible not just to those who are visually impaired through uh, like very descriptive. Uh, narration, but also to people with other disabilities. So trying to craft these workouts that were both functional and useful, but were also accessible 
was a was a challenge and one honestly was pretty fun. <laughs> and what kind of feedback have you and the rest of the team at Achilles been receiving on these uh, virtual trainings? Yeah, honestly, it was really cool because it, you know, from the time we shut down to the time that we started putting out these virtual uh, videos, it, there was a little bit of a lull, obviously, as we all, you know, gathered ourselves and figured out what to do. And during that time, I think a lot of our, our people were, you know, a little removed from society, right? Everyone was quarantining at home, especially here in New York City. And so to, to have that social contact where, you know, you are, you're watching the same videos and going through the same workouts as other people. We also have live workouts. We have, you know, hangout calls and community calls. So just getting everyone involved again, it, it made such a huge difference for, for our folks, both from a, you know, staying active and fit perspective, but also just from a community and social perspective. Nice. And we've, you know, heard from you, Francesco, as well from Gloria, the impact that Achilles has had on, you know, your own lives in sports. I mean, geez, Gloria, you said you've lost 70 pounds, um, since becoming active in Achilles and that's just hats off. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Um, but we often hear so many times about the, the obesity rate among people with disabilities, especially people who are blind and that leading to diabetic retinopathy and vision loss, um, from diabetes being the leading cause of blindness and low vision in American adults. Right. Um, not to mention the, the higher, rates and risks of heart disease. Um, so this is a, it's just, it's a really big issue and it's really powerful, the work that Achilles is doing. Um, Emily, I'm curious whether you hear many stories like this. Um, you've only been in your current role for a year, but hearing stories like that and the impact that Achilles can have, um, what do you say about that? Um, well, I, you know, I, I think uh, it's, it's critical the work that that we do and um, that we all sort of band together uh, to accomplish. You know, we know that this population is at risk for isolation and at risk for negative health outcomes, physical and mental. Um, and to to keep active to help mitigate um, those negative health outcomes and to keep connected to help mitigate that risk of isolation is what Achilles is all about. Um, as Zoe said, you know, the common theme that you've heard is just the, the bonds that are forged and the community that is developed, um, you know, while staying active and as Gloria said, making it fun, right? Um, you know, uh, so it just, it just makes me smile. It's, it's, you know, it's what we're all about, um, is staying healthy together and staying unified and, um, you know, having just this great big family and we welcome so many, you know, more and, and hope that there are listeners out there who will join us. And I hope so. And we're also really excited that Achilles is going to join us next week for, a one of those virtual workouts that'll be led by Francesco. So in advance, thank you, Francesco. I'm so excited. <laughs> and uh, now, I mean, with Emily talking about uh, forging these bonds and meeting new people, growing the Achilles community, um, hopefully we've got some folks here, Nat, who may want to ask some questions from the ACB family to the Achilles community. 
Okay, let's see if you, uh, we do have raised hands. Awesome. For those who do not know how to raise your hand, if you um, are using the PC, it is Alt-Y. If you are using a Mac, it is Options-Y. If you called in on a telephone, it is Star 9. And if you're using the Zoom app, it is that awesome raise hand button. <laughs> and, and before we get to our first question, I know, Nat, that you wanted to to have this one answered. So I'm curious, is napping a sport offer? <laughs> I appreciate it. It's actually, it is. And let me take this because I actually had a, a stern lecture from my coach back when I first started training about the importance of sleep and how I could do as much as I could, you know, on the, in the park or on the bike trainer. But if I didn't sleep or nap or recover enough, it'd all be useless. So, yes, it is essential. <laughs> Got it. 12 hours of sleep on it. <laughs> yeah. um, our first question is from Donna. Donna, you should be able to unmute and go ahead with your question. Okay. Um, this is Donna Brown from West Virginia. And the first thing I want to know um, for our virtual workout next week to get the most out of it, I'm an athlete. So like, I, I'd like to get the most out of every workout I do. <laughs> um, so what would one need or what, what would be best to have to be really ready to go to get something out of it? Francesco, yeah. I know we haven't, we haven't ironed out that level of detail yet. Oh so man. Okay. Not ironed out. okay. Okay. Um, yeah. so the other question I have, um, I, I'm sure I know the answer to it. I, I live in a rural area. Unfortunately, I grew up in a metropolitan area, probably where there was a Achilles uh, clubs, or maybe there are now, I don't know. But I'm sure where I am now, there, there probably isn't anything. But I'm just curious, when you do the triathlons, does the same person do all, all three parts with you? Yeah, exactly. So they, it's the same guide for swim, bike, run. And right. you stay tethered or, you know, you ride a tandem for visually impaired. Right. Right. Uh, cyclists and yeah, yeah, it's all, it's the same one and you get to see them suffer through all three sports. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done sprint triathlons and, and I, um, unfortunately didn't have the same person. I wasn't able to have the same person. And so my results sort of really didn't count. They counted in my mind, but not in the real standings for, for that reason. Cause I didn't have the same person, you know, for every event. Yeah. Well, para uh, U.S. para triathlons actually doing a lot recently in terms of increasing the para category within the U.S. So hope you know, hopefully that okay. continues to grow and we get yeah 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 okay cool thank you thank you for doing this <laughs> yeah all right thank you Donna our next question will be from Charlene Charlene you should be able to unmute and go ahead with your question yeah um, can you hear me yes great um, I have loved running and sports all my life. Uh, I was born uh, blind, um, but I didn't get to Achilles until around 1988. And I found out about them. I'm not even sure how anymore. I wanted to, to enter the Los Angeles Marathon at the time. And um, the first one I did, I actually did with my guide dog because I didn't have a sighted guide. But after that, I heard about Achilles and I joined the chapter and I was a member of that chapter for many, many years. Um, I moved to Bend 
Oregon here in the end of 2012. And as far as I know, we do not have an Achilles chapter. But I got to tell you, folks, uh, I've met and stayed friends with some of the most wonderful people thanks to Achilles. Uh, I did my triathlon, my sprint triathlons with Achilles people. I learned to long distance run, walk with Achilles people. And it's just been an absolutely wonderful, wonderful experience. So I am really thrilled to hear about the virtual workouts um, because um, I've been out of distance running and marathon running for a long time, except that I just now finished on my own and with a wonderful guide here in Bend, um, a 500-mile, three-month-long trek up the coast of California. Um, it was supposed to last from June 8 to September uh, to Labor Day. Uh, I finished mine just last Friday, so uh, not quite 10 weeks it took me to do it via treadmill and outside with, with my friend who guided me on the outside portions. Um, I wanted to say that uh, the communication between athlete and guide, and guides, of course, are also athletes, is most important, and it is a two-way street. Your guide tells you um, all sorts of things to pick up your feet, whatever, but you also need to tell your guide what you are most comfortable with. Some people like to talk all the time while they're running or walking or whatever. Uh, some people don't want much. They just want to enjoy the atmosphere and whatever. So it's important that the guide learns what you need most and how best to help you. Um, I have, my question basically is, um, are you going to do the New York City Marathon virtually this year? So, I, I, hey, Charlene, congratulations. That is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, so just way to go. This is, this is Emily. Um, in the New York City Marathon this year, there is going to be a virtual uh, marathon offered by New York Roadrunners. Um, and I'm sure you can get the information on nyrr.org. Certainly reach out to us and we'd be happy to facilitate getting that information to you as well. Um, I, uh, but they will be offering it a, a virtual offering. We too right now are working on an Achilles race series for the fall, which we're really excited about bringing our community together and all kinds of other wonderful participants. Hopefully we can include you Charlene in that uh, to keep people active and connected. Um, and I also love that uh, you have longstanding relationships from your time with the organization, that's um, it. Just you know, speaks to the the power of uh, sports and this community. Emily, when you hear stories like Charlene's and Donna as well, folks who lived in large metropolitan areas with Achilles chapters, who have moved to smaller cities or more more rural parts of the country um, that don't have Achilles chapters. Does that plant a seed that, you know, the virtual trainings may be here, here to stay? 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Clark. I mean, I think one thing that we have seen um, with our, our virtual workout offering, as well as uh, the first virtual race, which we just hosted in July, is that, you know, we can reach so many people. We can bring so many people into our community and um, have them be active with us uh, and join us. There are no geographic barriers. Uh, we don't worry about time zones, right? We need to just, it becomes inclusive in all caps, you know, and in bold. And um, that's super powerful. And so, yes, I think we plan on having it stay around because we can, we can reach so many people. And Juan, what did you think hearing Charlene talk about the the relationships that she's built and kept in touch with folks. I mean, obviously you and uh, you brought Gloria into Achilles, but do you have long-standing relationships with other athletes with whom you've done races and trained? Yes, uh, I do actually. Um, and um, I mean, it's it's hard. It's it's hard for you. Now, um, I mean, I've been a part of other groups before. I've done triathlons. I've, I've done the um, I've done the Ironman. Um, the 140. I've done plenty of, of um, marathons, ultra marathons, and I've also joined uh, groups as I was training for those particular races. But Achilles just seems to be the one that I tend to connect with um, because it just feels more, um, I don't know, like more self-fulfilling um, from, from, a, from, a, from a personal standpoint because, you know, you have athletes that you know, could easily say, well, I'm done, I, you know, or they can use their, their disability as an excuse to not even bother to walk, right? And when you, as a human being, uh, are, have been blessed, you know, um, to be able to have a lot of the motor functions, right? You can't help but to, like, grab from the athletes that don't have, you know, that, that, they, that they, they need some special assistance to, to achieve those goals. So, um, whether it's been Gloria, I do have other relationships that I've cultivated throughout, you know, my, my uh, time with Achilles. And, and that's because you just feel a, con uh, a human connection that it goes beyond sports, goes beyond I'm going to do my first 5K or, or, or just, you know, do my first marathon. There's something unique about this entire group um, throughout just the formation of it that you want to be a part of and continue to be a part of long after you probably stop doing these sports. So it's, yes, it's, it's just something very different, very unique. Nice. Nat, do we have any other questions? We do. All right. Let's see. Liz, you should be able to unmute and go ahead with your question. Hello, everyone. This is Liz. I actually just have a comment. I am a part of Achilles, Connecticut and Achilles as an athlete and Achilles truly does change lives. Um, I am no stranger to sports. I've played goalball, blind hockey. Yes, that's a sport. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I went from not thinking I would be able to run, not really having any interest in, in it, to seven months later running my first 5K last summer. And I, I at this point, have done, I think, three four, or four or five Ks, two, maybe one four-mile race, one five-mile race. I did... The Achilles, um, all th actually three regional Achilles Hope and Possibility fundraisers 
uh, last year, and that's an Achilles fundraiser race. I did the New York one. That's amazing. Um, and the New York Central Park um, team is fantastic. Um, and it's just, it changes lives. And I did two of two of the races that I did last year. Um, I ran with my guide dog and that is running with a human guide is a life-changing experience, but running in conjunction with a certified running guide, um, not advocating that everybody run with their guide dog, um, <laughs> but running with your uh, certified guide dog, you know, as a running guide with human guides to kind of help you you know, direct the dog. And it definitely is a, a two-way street in terms of communication, but I I don't have words for that. I really don't. The words fail and just Achilles changes lives. So thank you, um, all of you on the panel. I don't want to forget anyone's name, so I'm not going to mention anyone. <laughs> um, but thank you, truly. I really appreciate it. Emily or Ellie, thank, what do you think of that? Thank you, Liz. Uh, that's amazing. And I let Ellie jump in. Yeah, that is amazing. Um you know, I think in New York, they don't let the dogs run. I'm not really sure. I think it's like against New York Roadrunners thing. But I guess if it's a short distance, it's okay. We, in, 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 at the New York City chapter workouts, we have people that mind the dogs so that they get a little bit of time off while you go for a run. Um, but I guess it's like one of those things um, that's, it's up to you really, right? Well, and, and especially now that schools like Guiding Eyes for the Blind are training specific running guide dogs, uh, and their their president and CEO has completed the New York City Marathon with a team of guide dogs a couple years ago. So it is a, right. a great avenue and out, outlet um, for for folks who want to pursue that. Any more? Now? So he had to like switch out. Every six every six miles or so, he had to switch out yes. to a different dog. Yes. So that was, you know, yes. And I think that's for the dogs. A lot of coordinating. Well. We have no yeah. more questions. No more questions. Okay, so in chat, I see there's two questions. One was, um, uh, how do you get a chapter in your area when there is not currently one? So um, I would suggest that you join Achilles and I can put the, um, the URL into this chat box and you can fill out our um, intake form. And then I will know that you are there. And if there's one nearby, perhaps, you know, hook you up with someone from there. We also have a pretty big database. So, um, you know, people know people. And we'll chat and we'll see if there's something we can do for you. Um, there are times when there really isn't anyone in the database. Um, and, and in that case, I often will recommend United in Stride um, just to go there and sign up. Um, so those are, the, those are the various options. But, you know, keep trying, you know, and I will put the URL into the, uh, into the chat box. And that there URL is a second question. That's Achilles International. Uh, the URL, I believe, AchillesInternational.org um, forward slash athlete hyphen intake. But I'll put it in there. Um, Esther, Esther A says, we are very new to Achilles. My son has... I think I need eyeglasses. My son has an evening exercise buddy. 
is there a list of what is available for kids and families in New York City? Um, there actually, I don't think there is. I think I will put the phone number in for um, for uh, Achilles International and your your phone number. You can leave the phone number, and we'll get back to you on that. Um, you and know, Ellie, it's the- kind of in very protective of the kids and still um, there's a bit of a getting process pardon for the folks who are listening on acb radio or or on the phone um what is the phone number for achilles international it's 212-354-0300 great and we do have another raised hand clark sure all right Kyle, you should be able to unmute and go ahead with your question. Hello, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for um, hosting this topic and this organization um, because I've been hearing about it off and on for a number of years now. Um, But it's one of those things where you hear about, you're interested, and you kind of forget about it. Um, But I have a a question. I'm getting into walking more and I'd like to eventually get into some short runs and some other sports, but I have a double disability. I'm also hard of hearing. What kind of um, experiences does do any of you or Achilles have with anyone who is um, blind and has a heart, um, a hearing impairment? Yeah, I can take that question if that's all right. So one of my really good friends is deafblind, and her name's Hannah. Um, she's a very competitive triathlete. And so we, we've talked a lot about how she likes being guided and, and all, all the things that go into that. Um, obviously, I mean, obviously it's possible. Um, the only sort of caveat I would say is you just have to be a little bit more uh, upfront with your guide about what kind of communication you like. So I know what she likes to do is she'll run with, you know, brand new guides almost every week just because she likes meeting new people um and so the only thing she'll say is if you know she'll go through a checklist of little key points like if there's a loud truck nearby you know it might disorientate her a little bit so uh they have a, a very simple system of hand signs that the guide will so if the guide is on the athlete's right side the left hand of the guide will go on the right hand of the athlete and you know either make a like a finger sign hold up one finger or two fingers uh, to mean different things. Um, and that's how usually how, how that works on a tandem bike. It's usually done by hand taps, reaching behind you and tapping the handlebars of the athlete in front of you. But even, you know, just, just walking or, or, uh, jogging it's, it's, it's honestly doing it, figuring out what you prefer and just being comfortable to, to communicate that with your guide. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Zoe, Chloe, or Juan, anything that you all would like to add about, training with folks with multiple disabilities or deafblind, anything on that topic? Yeah, I was just going to echo what Francesco and everyone else has said, but I think um, so much of it is just getting to know the person you're running with and having that communication. And as an athlete, being okay just to tell your guide what you want and what, what you need. And then as a guide, not being afraid of communicating that back and what you need. Um, and that's kind of the easiest way to learn and grow together. Um, and that's just kind of how we figure it out. Also, not to be afraid of making mistakes because you're going to make them. Both the guides and the athletes are going to mess up. And it's you just laugh it off and you go on to the next thing um, and you end up having a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I, I will have to agree with the last part of it, having a lot of fun. Um, the last athlete that I guided was actually for the Houston Marathon in January. And um, uh, one thing I, I uh, learned about the Houston Marathon is um, be ready to adapt to the um, mother nature <laughs> because um, that particular race, um, the, uh, the first the athlete that I was guiding, um, yeah, we had, you know, everything coordinated. Every time we made a turn, I would tap his shoulder to kind of steer him to make the turn. But the one thing that I never expected was the headwind that we encountered for, for the Houston Marathon. And for us who live in Houston, that's um, that's very unique experience because, you know, we're very flat um, and there's a reason why we have our marathon in January because that's actually probably the most... Um, uh, seasonable weather you can run it went run in but i've done the houston marathon about five, four no three other times but this was the first time that we had a strong headwind the entire route so having to guide someone um presented a different challenge but also a, an opportunity to uh like zio said uh laugh it off because we were struggling the entire time but at the very end um I'm like, I, I cannot believe I, I just did this along with my athlete as well, too. So it was it was very, very interesting. So, um, yeah, just the element Mother Nature, be prepared because that's I don't care how many how much you train with your guide. But Mother Nature tends to have is her own uh, her own thing on race day. So, yeah. All right. Nat, anyone else? I do see we have people in the chat. I'm so sorry, you guys. We don't usually use that. But um, for blind, I do see that someone asked for blind ru runners, what are the tethers made out of and how it, How do you guys run if it's side by side or? Yeah, so th there's a few uh, very simple. So you, you, you can make them out of anything. My favorite tether is a waist tether. So it, there's a, a waistband that you can buy at any running shop or even just a piece of you know bungee rope around my waist. The other loop is around my guide's waist and there's a piece of rope attaching my hip to my guide's hip. So literally joined up the hip, as Zoe likes to say. <laughs> um, there, are, there are hand tethers where it's literally just a shoelace or a rope or, you know, my buddy Andrew likes a, a plastic bag. You just hold one and hold one end in one hand, the other end, the other hand, it could be super low tech, but the uh, athlete and guide usually run side by side unless you are trail running, in which case the guide can be in front of the guy, uh, the athlete, and then you would hold like a rigid a pole, like a hiking pole or a cane even, and that, you know, to, to run in line in like a single track race, but that's, that's more rare. Usually it's side by side grabbing onto some, like a piece of rope. Yeah. And for the tether, I would just add in terms of like running at the same pace and the motion, you just kind of figure it out based on your running style. I've run with people on hand tethers where the best way to do is to try and like sync our arm motions up together. And then I run with people where that doesn't really matter. Or when I run with Francesco on the waist tether, if one of us gets too far ahead, then one of us is just going to sort of bungee cord back, usually me because I'm smaller. Um, so it's just practice, but you can really use anything. I've seen everything being used as a hand tether. Yeah, in New York City, there's a hierarchy of uh, shopping bags. So if you like shop at different stores, those are like different quality hand tethers. It's like a Dwayne Reed bag is a higher quality than a Rite Aid bag. <laughs> <laughs> and someone else asked in the chat if you guys can give that number that you guys gave out earlier one more time, please. Ellie, the phone number for Achilles. Yes, yes it's 212 
Three five four zero three hundred. That's two one two three five four zero three hundred. Awesome, and that is all for questions, Clark. All right, Nat. Thank you so much for your. Uh, I just have a couple more questions. So first, Zoe, you talked about grew up in '86. Can you all still hear me? Sorry, oh, I think you might have said my name, but could you? Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. On the the topic of uh, making mistakes, what are some of the the biggest mistakes that Francesco's made while running? Oh, that is. Where do I start? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. I mean, I think with Francesco and I, we've run together and swam swam together so much. We have not yet biked together because there's a little bit of a height difference, and we haven't figured out how to get the bike seats right yet. Um, I don't know, Francesco, what are the biggest mistakes you've made? Run with you. <laughs> no. Rude. Um, um, no, come up with, uh, good enough one-liners. Yeah. My biggest mistake with Francesco was learning, was not learning until we were at mile nine and a half marathon that he really dips into the bad puns when he gets tired. So I think we spent five <laughs> minutes with, I think there's some up dog on your sleeve. I almost left him there. Um, but no, I think it's coming in, just having an open mind and knowing there's going to be mistakes. Maybe you'll forget to tell somebody else there's a turn. I'm sure I've run him into the curb a couple times. Um, but none of it seems to, none of it's bad. It's all just part of the learning experience and it's all part of the fun. That's great. And Gloria, before we go here as a, a wheelchair athlete and racer, um, what role does a, a guide or support runner play for you? Um, well, when Juan was my guide for the New York, he obviously was my first, my first, uh, marathon and, uh, just basically the turns, uh, obviously we're in Houston, so we're flat. New York was a lot of, uh, up and down. So he basically also just if anybody was in front of me or anything, or if I needed, um, he also uh, got me my water when I needed water. So basically just, um, also being an extra pair of eyes for me. That's great. Well, again, for everyone out there listening, um, as well as those participating here on the Zoom webinar, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone from Achilles International for the work that you do and for sharing your stories with us here tonight. And thank you in advance, Francesco, for the, the workout that you'll lead next week. Um, and we'll be sure to get as many people to that as we can as well. Share some information so that Donna will have her her mat, her kettlebells, um, bungee cords and everything else. ready. <laughs> uh, and if folks have any additional questions for Achilles, uh, you can email me and we'll use the advocacy at acb.org. Again, advocacy at acb.org. And I will be happy to pass those questions along. So to Emily and Ellie and the whole crew, um, thank you so much. Emily, if there's anything you'd like to add before we sign off here. I'd just like to thank you, Clark, and again, Eric Bridges, for inviting us to, to be a part of this conversation this evening. Um, we hope that your listeners and um, some of the audience will join us uh, either online taking part in our virtual workouts that you can find on our website achillesinternational.org or eventually when we are able to do so safely join us out in a park for a workout um you know we'd love to just uh have you have you join our fun 
And if there's not a chapter in your area, reach out to us and, and we'll get to work and seeing if we can't make something happen there. So just, um, you know, thank you, Clark, for inviting us to be here. Well, again, thank you all. And Nat, you heard it come from the athlete, athletes themselves. Get some rest. Going to go work on that nap. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Thanks, Clark. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Clark. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.